I just think we're all professionals working together and good leaders will ask for feedback. But even if they don't, good leaders will accept feedback. And of course, we need to be very professional and respectful because what, I, what I've seen happen, and I'll be honest, I've, I've had the same experience. If, if I'm not syncing with a manager, it's usually poor communication. We're not communicating well. I don't feel comfortable giving feedback. And so then I leave, right? So then the organization potentially loses a really good resource when perhaps you know, I, I think we owe it to ourselves, really, to be able to give feedback to our boss to see if, you know, we can't, it could just be something really simple, instead of just keeping it to ourselves and moving on. And then maybe we get really disengaged, right? And we're out the door, we're doing something else. I, I don't think it always has to go that direction. Welcome to Manager to Manager, a podcast about the experiences of people leaders and how we can enable them to lead engaged, healthy, and high-performing teams. I'm Kamaria Scott, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join us as we learn, lead, and succeed together. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Manager to Manager. You know that I believe managing is a full contact sport that requires us to be each other's community and support each other along the way. And so I'm always excited to share with you tools, resources, and advice that's going to help you on your journey to becoming a great people leader. One of my longtime colleagues has poured her experience and expertise into a practical and easy to read book to help others in the role. And she's going to share some of that insight with you today. So I'm really excited to welcome Casey Wapplers to the show and have her share some things with you. So Casey, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and to talk about this topic. Before we get started, let's have you just maybe share a little bit about yourself, your experience maybe leading teams and even developing leaders along the way. Yes. So I have, gosh, over 20 years experience now working in talent management, talent development, leader development. So I've worked with companies from startup size to, to large global organizations really focused on helping people find their careers, managing effectively along the way. So that I, I've just got a, a lot of years of experience doing that. And I'm trying to do some things independently now to help coach managers and leaders as well within their roles. A woman after my own heart. I'm excited to hear that. So you have written this wonderful book, Succeed from the Middle, a middle manager's guide to stop getting pulled apart and start balancing your team, your boss, and you. And what I loved about this book was that one, it's practical, it has really good advice, but it also talks about four different areas where managers tend to get stuck and it kind of looks at it full circle. So not just you, but also your team and those who lead you. So can we just jump into what was the inspiration for you deciding to write this book? Sure. I, I have to be honest. I never thought I would write a book for managers. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Because as we know, there are lots of books for managers and, yes. and all of them are, depending on what you're looking for, are all well-written. I think for me, I have been in middle management, you know, managing teams and managers within my own team, as well as always being accountable, you know, to a leader above mm -hmm. me as well. And I find that's just a unique position because we often don't take care of ourselves or we don't think about ourselves and what we need to do 
to take care of ourselves as the manager, as well as how are we balancing what we need to do for our teams, how we need to show up for them. And managing up and managing above us can be very challenging. So I felt compelled to kind of focus on what I hear every day, and you probably hear as well, kind of the four main areas that you mentioned that are really some of the bigger pain points. But what I found as I was thinking through my experiences and the tips that I've learned and have educated others on is that really they're related very much to what we can do for ourselves, our teams and up. So just a natural theme emerged doing that. And honestly, I just, with over 20 years experience, I just, I I see things in the workplace and I just felt compelled that I needed to share my own thoughts and tips. And, you know, people come to me for advice sometimes. So I thought I'm, I love writing and I just Why thought, not write it down, put it, let's put it to paper yes. and share some practical stories. That's wonderful. And then you can you can keep sharing it. It becomes evergreen after that. Yes. So those four areas that you honed in on were feedback, career development, time management, and pressure and stress. And I love what you said about being in the middle, having to start with ourselves is this acknowledgement that even as managers, we're employees too, we face some of these same challenges as the teams that we lead and even the people above us. So putting us in the middle of that acknowledges that we too go through the same things that we're trying to lead other people through. No, and and oftentimes, and I'm sure you've experienced this, I mean, myself as a manager, I wish all I did was manage people, but oftentimes we have our own (laughs) projects, our own processes, our own clients. So we are an employee as well as a manager. And so, and we have our own accountability sometimes for independent work as well as managing our teams. And that I think is what makes it challenging, especially on the time side. Yeah. One of the things I always love to say is yesterday's management is not today's management. When people no. think managers, they think 1980s sitting in a cube, you know, kind of staring out the glass window, at people doing the work and then kind of <laughs> sitting down and like, but no, we actually are doing some yeah. of the same work where most of us who manage are working managers. And I think that's why it's so important yes. the way that you did to really to talk through some of these, these topics from first person perspective, those who mm-hmm. you are helping and then those who who would need to help you. Yeah, those days are long gone, I would say, <laughs> right? I mean, you're lucky if you're sitting next to anybody on your team <laughs> these days physically. So yes, Absolutely. So one of the places that you started that you talked about that I wanted to dive into was feedback. And I know to your point, lots of books have been written about Mm -hmm. feedback, but I wanted to talk about it because I, I did like that you addressed it in those different kinds of ways and acknowledged that we give feedback, we receive feedback, Mm -hmm. sometimes to those who report to us and those sometimes to those who, that we report to and thinking about it full circle and some of the pressures that come along with that and some of the challenges. You mentioned in your book, you give some great tips, but one of the things that you said that stood out to me was that you have to prepare to receive feedback. You have to allow yourself to be coached and you have to avoid taking it personally. But then you say, I'm going to quote this, all three of these lessons were hard for me to learn because I tied too much of my sense of adequacy and value into my work. So I wasn't open to hearing how I could improve myself. That was profound. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of, took a lot of vulnerability to, to write that for us all to read. Mm-hmm. As managers, we have to be open to feedback, but we also have some of the same vulnerabilities as other people. How did you overcome that sort of 
resistance to feedback yourself? Mm -hmm. And then how did you start to model being open to it to others? Yeah, I think, well, well, thanks for pulling that quote out. It's <laughs> always interested to be quoted back to myself. I'm like, oh, I did write that, didn't I? Yes, I, you know, I think, uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, which is why I wrote it to partially help people feel like, hey, it's not just me that might take things too personally, or, you know, you know, we think and, and tie in a lot of our self-worth to our jobs. And I, I think that is something that took me years to work through. The job, if you will, the career was at the center of my life. And I really hooked in a lot of feelings and, and value to that job. And of course, we all want to do a great job and, and we want to make an impact, right? And we want to impact value as well. That's why we're working. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it just, you know, when I started to become a manager, I think is when I realized, you know, I've been taking these things too personally, like I'm a bad employee, or I'm not good enough, or why didn't I see that, you know, I should have realized I should have done something differently. It's really okay. I mean, as my dad always says, what a coulda shoulda, right? I mean, (laughs) you got to soak it in. And you have to think, you know what, you're right, I probably could have done that differently. I will do that going forward. But guess what, that doesn't make me a bad person. And when I started to deliver feedback to my team members, I just helped it find me really developed empathy through that, right? Because you know what it's like to be in that seat, to have someone say, you know what, we kind of missed the mark on this. Let's think about, you know, how we could do this differently. Uh, And for some, and knowing your team members really, you know, intimately and knowing that they may take that a little bit tough, right? A little bit hard (laughs) because a lot of us are hard on ourselves. We don't actually need anybody to tell us what to do differently. I think it just made me a better manager to to realize that. And and how I overcame it is is a good question. I think for me, and I do this often, I do it on a quarterly basis, is really just doing some self-reflection and thinking about, you know what, I, I can't walk away from that feeling terrible. I can't let that ruin my day, my month, my week. I just need to take it in stride, make some corrections and move forward. And so when we get in the habit of of hearing that, taking it in, and even asking for feedback, which I do encourage people to do, is to ask how you're doing. It doesn't have to be from your manager. It can be from anyone you're working with, your skip level manager, a mentor you have on the outside. I think it's it's almost like anything like exercise or yep. you know, adjusting your <laughs> diet, right? It's like once you once you really start to do that and have it part of your day it just becomes less and less personal. And that's really, you kind of have to face a little bit of the fear and trepidation. There's two things that stand out to me from that. One is the making it a habit Mm -hmm. piece. I know one of the things I used to do with my team is we would have quarterly conversations where we'd have to discuss, you know, do the look back, what worked well, what could go better and look forward. And getting in the habit of when I'm having those conversations with them, inviting them to give me that same feedback and and have it come back to me in that same way. And just making it a habitual two-way communication made it so much easier because they knew what to expect from me. I knew what to expect to them. And we both kind of had this, you know, I'm helping you to grow and develop and you're helping me. And I think that's the other part of it, which is not feedback for the sake of feedback, not just doing it to check a box, Mm -hmm. but really embracing that this is to help me grow as a leader, as someone who is still doing work. So even if it's not from my team, I'm still doing work for other people. 
and for them to see that if I'm willing to do it, they should be willing to do it as well. So leading by example. Mm -hmm. I I agree completely. I, I think the other point about feedback and, and sometimes, which is, which is why we have fear around it or intimidation, trepidation, whatever, is that it's only negative, if you will, or it's Mm -hmm. only about improvement. I mean, honestly, giving good feedback can also be, Hey, you did this thing really, really well. And Mm -hmm. here's what I saw you doing. I mean, so I think it, I think feedback to your point about what can we continue or stop or start, or, you know, I, I think it's, yes, there's some ways for us to improve and grow, but can also be about, here's what we really should continue doing. Yes. And you say that in your book, you say that feedback can be good or bad. And I do think that one of the things that has hindered people is that the word feedback has gotten this negative connotation that when I give you feedback, it's automatically something that is, here's what you need to improve. And sometimes I need to give you feedback should be, and that feedback is positive. Here's something you should continue. Mm -hmm. I once heard someone say, that the reason for that is when we become managers, we almost get trained to look for the blip, right? We get we get we get trained to look for the you know mm. the the problem mm. point, and and we miss mm. looking for the positive point because we're always trying to put out a fire. Mm. You know, it's a really good point. It's one I hadn't considered, but yeah, I mean, I know both you and I have have been around, developed, delivered management, you know, training programs and the like. And you're right; it, we tend to focus on and equip managers to handle what goes wrong, or mm-hmm. how to better drive results, or how to get everyone aligned if someone's not aligned. And and those things are important, of course. But I do think a manager's role, it's equally important to be empathetic, a great listener to help people grow and develop. I mean, this is why people stay with organizations is because they kind of have that personal attention. But you're right. We don't always focus on that. And and we should because that's a huge that's a huge part of being a good manager as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that's a lovely segue to the feedback and your team portion, because that does seem to be an area where we continue to get stuck. One, I think it's a connotation of it being negative. Why else do you think that there's always this hesitation around giving feedback to our teams? What do you think holds us back? You know, I think it's, I, I think there's probably several things at play. I know I, I think most of us just, again, we do think of it as being negative. Most of us are just not wired to deliver quote unquote bad news. We just, Mm. we don't like to do it. (laughs) We, it, it, we know how we would feel if we got that bad news. And so there's a little bit of fear around that. There's fear about how someone might respond. I mean, what if it becomes combative or adversarial and a lot of people avoid conflict, right? So I think, Mm. I do think people come in sometimes thinking, oh my God, I got to say this awful thing, or I think it's awful. And they're going to just completely rebel. And it's going to be this huge conflict situation. And I just think it is that mindset that we have to flip on that. We should not come at this as an adversarial position. We we really do need to say we are on the same team, Mm -hmm. going for the same goals, we're just, you know, needing to be aligned in our approach on that. And yeah. I I think 
I, I just think it's that mindset. I, I also think sometimes, especially if you're new to management, I know I felt that way. I thought, well, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> who am right. I to be delivering this feedback? So kind of yes. back to that, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome or, yep. you know, am I, am I really qualified to say that? And you, you can start to second guess yourself sometimes. But I, I think there's kind of those two things at play. And so we can build these up, you know, and think, oh, it's just going to be this big adversarial yeah. meeting when in fact it does not have to be that way. Do you think that part of that is is tied to how well we actually know our team members? Mm. Because I, I wonder if, so- this is a working hypothesis, so work with me. Sometimes yep. I think it's it is that it's fear of the unknown. But I wonder yep. if if we if we had if we take enough time to know our team members, know who we're reporting to, know how they receive feedback, what works well, what doesn't, if then we can kind of tailor what we have to say. And then also for them to know us, to trust us enough to know that if I'm giving you this feedback that it's coming from a good place. If that mm -hmm. makes it easier, because I think we, when we train feedback, we always start at the point of the conversation. We never start at the, at the, at the point of the relationship. <laughs> and I wonder if that's a place where sometimes managers might miss the opportunity to make it easier for themselves by laying some of the groundwork that takes some of the guesswork out of what they're afraid of. I, I love your hypothesis, to be honest, because I think, you know, in order to have a feedback conversation, I mean, there's a lot also published on creating psychological safety, and that's based on trust. And I completely agree with you. I think, one, getting to know your team members, and I do write about this a little bit, there's... Why not have a conversation that says, look, you know, how how are you going to work together? First of yes. all, getting to know them personally. I think the days of separating personal and professional, eh, kind of over. So <laughs> pay to know about someone's personal life and what they're going through. Maybe they're juggling a lot. Maybe, you know, who knows? But asking, you know, how you would like feedback conversations to go. I mean, how would they like to be recognized? That's something else that I talk about because not everybody wants to be the same way. I do agree with you. It, I, I think in general, we need to get away from a one size fits all approach for almost everything. I, I think <laughs> yes. people expect personalized attention, feedback, mm -hmm. and it should be based upon the relationship. Also, we shouldn't go in and declare, okay, this is our quarterly feedback session or yes. forbid this is our annual feedback session because we have to do annual performance reviews. If this is just a natural course and you're having weekly check-ins, which I recommend, they don't have to be long. They can be 20 minutes. It's, you know, how is it going? And let's talk mm -hmm. about this. If it if it's really more informal, casual, frequent, and yes, you've built that level of trust and and that kind of cone of safety, then I agree. I, I think you very much remove that this is an adversarial situation and just a part of how we work together. Yeah. I think we might be onto something with that. And and something yeah. else that you said in your book is part of it is, is how you go about having these conversations and how you might ask the right questions to help them reflect so that you mm. are not declaring things mm. during the conversation. So there's something to how you even structure what you say that does help them receive and process 
feedback in a way that feels comfortable. And so can you talk about that a little bit about how instead of sort of like declaring feedback that we help them kind of reflect on a situation and, and go from there? Yeah, I I really think most people, and I can't say everybody, but <laughs> right. I think most people are fairly self-aware. And I think a conversation goes much better when it's more about asking questions, which is really how you coach individuals. And in fact, I find people can, can almost coach themselves. So mm-hmm. if you notice something in a meeting or a presentation or an interaction with a client or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, maybe we need to talk about that. I would always come with asking questions. So how did you feel, you know, that meeting went? I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10 or maybe eight times out of 10. Someone might say, you know, I felt it was good, but I really got stuck here. Great, right? Because then Mm -hmm. that kind of opens the door for a conversation to say, well, you know, what what do you think about or, you know, either why did that happen? Or, you know, that sometimes wise can put people on the defensive, but just say, well, you know, what would you do differently? And I, it's so amazing that people can come up with their own responses and actually coach themselves. It's like, yeah, I didn't feel good about this. And I think, you know, if I had this information, or if I had more confidence, or if I thought about this differently, and then you can come in and say, well, let's talk about that. Did you have some ideas on how we can you know, maybe make that change? And what do you need for me to help make that change? And that's where you can lead to then coaching, developing, maybe there's training, maybe someone needs to shadow someone, maybe you just need to continue the conversation about it. But I think leading with questions instead of statements um, will sometimes lead to where you need to go. Now, sometimes someone might say, oh, I thought I did an awesome job. me, you know, and then, and then you can lead in, you say, you know, I actually observed something and I, you know, I'd like to share with you what, what I saw and get your thoughts about it, you know, again, so it could be, it's definitely a conversation with questions and and sometimes people don't get it. That's okay. And that opens the door for you to, to be more specific. Yes. Specificity is so important. Yes. Feedback, right. Whether it's constructive (laughs) or even if it's positive, it's like, Oh, I did a great job about what, (laughs) why I did a do did a great job. But anyway, but even your second version of that still leads back to a question because Mm. I, Again, I agree with you. Very rarely have I given someone feedback and they were totally unaware of what I was getting ready to say. Now, they might have been like, oh, okay. But then when they thought about it, they were like, well, actually, (laughs) right? So it's it's Uh very, it's very Mm -hmm. rare that I've caught someone off guard, unless of course I gave them feedback. I'll I'll tell you an interesting story. Way back in my career. I was, gosh, first starting as a training consultant and I had a manager go in and myself and one of my colleagues, we were taking this business writing class and she came in early and she put our, she wrote our name tags, which we never did. She Hmm. said her name tag on one side of the room and my name tag on the other side of the room. Hmm. So first we were a little confused. And so of course I picked up my name tag and went and put it by my colleague and sat next to her in the class. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, my manager sort of came in and I could see the kind of surprise on her face that my name tag and I were not where she had placed us. And so afterwards we had a conversation and she said, you know, I I put your name tag there because I didn't want you and -and so-and-so to be talking during the class. And Mm. I kind of quizzically asked her like, what, what made you, Mm. why would you do that? 
Mm-hmm. And she said, well, remember when so-and-so was here, there was a class and the two of you were sitting in the back of the class. And I said, that person hasn't been here for six months. Interesting. This, this feedback that you're giving me yeah. is six months old. How long have old you been tapes. this? <laughs> old tapes. Yep. And I was so surprised that yeah. one, you've been holding on to this, two, you didn't give it to me. Because then had you asked me, I was like, we were talking, like we were both learning the class. We were talking about taking notes. We could have cleared this up. Mm -hmm. So there is something that is really important to be specific and timely because the degradation of trust that you were holding this in for six months is just not something we want to have happen to other people. It, it's not. And you certainly should not be holding these sorts of feedback, you know, for an annual review or whatever, because, you know, to be honest, I can't remember probably two or three weeks ago, let alone <laughs> like six or seven months ago. I mean, you might not have even remembered that situation or remembered it the same way she did or he mm-hmm. did. And that can, again, cause some conflict. So, yes, being specific about behavior and facts too, not not emotions, not again, personal things like, yes. oh, you're a chatty Kathy. Oof, don't say that. You know, right. talk about <laughs> what you observed and, and the outcome of that behavior. Uh, and, you know, ask if, if, you know, you felt the same. Did you, did you feel the same, you know, and what do you think we can do about it, you know, going forward? I, I agree. I think timeliness is so important, but but so is the city. For yeah. Sure. And asking questions I, instead of, you know, again, making statements. That's a good point. <laughs> a lot of us do yeah. learn how to become yes. managers yes. by who managed mm. us and how we were managed. Oh, yes. So it's yes. so important for us to kind of even think of our own stories of what worked well and, you know, mm-hmm. how would I p- perhaps not get feedback or make it better for someone else? Yes. So that one always kind of stands out to me. Exactly. So... I want to dive into, I've been actually excited to talk about this piece. You have a section on giving feedback to your boss. Yes. And in all the years that I have been in leadership development, I've never had that covered before. Mm. So I will learn along with everybody else. Let's talk about, obviously it can feel scary, right? To have to give feedback to someone who is positionally higher than you. Yes. Why is it important for us to lean into this, even if it might be uncomfortable? Well, it's definitely uncomfortable. Even if you have a good relationship, it it can be uncomfortable. I think for several reasons. I mean, we are we are all smart people and we're on the payroll you know, for right. a reason. We are hired for our expertise. Most often, I think giving feedback can really be leading to clarification on some things. I find, you know, if something's not sitting right or you don't feel like you're meeting expectations or your boss changes her mind on something and you don't understand why, because oftentimes, you know, sometimes leaders don't communicate the whys and the like. And so we're left feeling confused or we don't feel, again, we just don't feel like we're measuring up or we're not sure where to take something. That's usually the source of where I feel like, oh, I need to give feedback. In some rare circumstances, it can be, you know, maybe they said something in front of a large team and you were uncomfortable with it or, I just think we're all professionals working together and good leaders will ask for feedback, but even if they don't, good leaders will accept feedback. And of course, we need to be very professional and respectful because what I, what I've seen happen, and I'll be honest, I've, I've had the same experience. If, if I'm not syncing with a manager, 
it's usually poor communication. We're not communicating well. I don't feel comfortable giving feedback. And so then I leave, right? So then the organization potentially loses a really good resource when perhaps you know, I, I think we owe it to ourselves, really, to be able to give feedback to our boss to see if, you know, we can't, it could just be something really simple, instead of just keeping it to ourselves and moving on. And then maybe we get really disengaged, right? And we're out the door, we're doing something else. I, I don't think it always has to go that direction. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Because again, it's we have often heard people leave managers, not organizations. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there is something to giving that manager the opportunity to fix what isn't working. And they can only do that if you're brave enough to share feedback with them. That's right. So yeah, that's great advice. Do you have some tips as to how to do that? Well, I think you listed a couple of things in your book. Is there anything you could share with us as to if we're going to be brave and do that? How, how do we do it in a way that's successful? Yeah, I, I think I go back. I mean, I I really think questions can diffuse situations again instead of just making statement after statement because you don't know how someone might hear that. I when I have done this in the past, I have even yes. said, I've gone <laughs> to my manager and said, "You know, I I have some feedback. I've even said I've had some feedback if you're open to hearing that. I've never mm. been told, well, I can't say that. I was told <laughs> once. I'll be honest. I was said, no. I thought, okay, well, then unfortunately, you know, I, that's a tough situation, but Mm -hmm. oftentimes people have said yes. Or if it, if you don't want to call it out specifically and say, I have some feedback for you, because that does take some, some courage to say it that way. I imagine it's about something specific. So ask about that specific thing. You know, I think one example I give, because this happened to me for sure, just say, you know, I, I don't, I again own it. I don't feel like we're meeting as often as I probably need to ensure that I am staying aligned with your vision. Can we talk about that? How, mm. you know, how can I help, you know, even, you know, rectify that situation? I would be specific as well. I just think specificity leads to clarity mm. and then your boss can react to whatever you're saying. Or I feel like you know, it could just be me, but I feel like the direction of this project has really changed. And I'm not sure I understand why we're doing that. Could you help me understand that? I would make it about the thing, right? And not about them specifically. And I think, you know, good leaders who are really astute, you know, will understand. But I think you can, you can intermingle into their, you know, what behavior you might want to see from them. Like, I would really love it if we could talk about this before we commit, or I would love it if I could have five minutes to understand the why we make the change, you know, while we're making it so that I can be aligned or it's okay to say what you're looking for. Definitely own it. Don't make it about them. Don't say you didn't do this. You didn't do that. I mean, that we know from probably counseling 101. But, (laughs) you know, I I think it's if you make it about you and your I statements and what you're looking for and and then ask, how can I help with this? Or Mm -hmm. that's what I find works. But I have in in previous circumstances too, just say, you know, I, I was... I wasn't sure how that meeting went and and I'd like to be able to talk about it with you. I think, you know, I, I've even said, I, I think there might be some things that, you know, we both could do differently. Would you be open to that conversation? 
I've positioned it that way as well. And I, I've always had a sure, let's let's talk about it. And then again, you focus on the behavior, the facts, ask how you can help. Uh, and sometimes, you know, again, if if leaders are not open to that, of course, they will tell you and then yes. I wouldn't push it. That's the one thing I have learned. Don't don't push it. And that's an unfortunate situation, I would say, because I would hope that most leaders would be open to having conversations about improving anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's two benefits to what you're saying, though. One is that you're at least starting from a place of let me ask for permission. Let me approach it and let me let me walk into it in the assumption that they're going to be open to it unless I'm told otherwise. Yes. So I think a lot of times as we think about managing up and we want people to give us the grace as leaders and we have to extend that to other people to say they probably do want to know and they they probably do want us to be successful. So this feedback actually could be welcomed Mm -hmm. unless we're told otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that is, and then let's come with a bit of a solution that we sprinkle yes. in what let's not just dump a problem off, but exactly. also just kind of say, here's what I think could work, or can I share right. something with you? And so we're still positioning that with a little bit of help or suggestion, not yes. just let me drop off something on your front door and leave you to figure it yes. out. Yes. Is, Agreed. Because we know that just like us, there's a lot on their plate as well. So they right. probably would appreciate that little bit of an extra. Right help helping hands. So I, so I yeah, agreed. And it just also communicates again. It's not like I, you know, I don't think you're a terrible boss, right? Because bosses think that too sometimes. Yes. Like, hey, am I, you know, am I doing right by my team? Am I, you know, trying to give them the personal attention they need? I, I think it's, you know, look, we we're in this together. I just want to do better than we did yesterday, you know, whatever that situation was. And here's how I think we could, you know, work better together. I, I just would emphasize it that way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And in the spirit of working better together. So I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, most organizations really do try to institutionalize feedback, giving, receiving, whether or not it's a part of formal performance appraisals, whether or not we built it into our tools like Workday or Teams. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you think would help managers in general with the behavioral aspect of giving and receiving feedback? Any additional things that would encourage and help it stick. Yeah, I you know, I think some of the systems today are are pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of and and I think I, as a manager myself, I might need those nudges, right? So if I get mm-hmm. a nudge about, "Hey, you know, when's the last time you had a career conversation, a feedback conversation, and you know, here are the three questions that you can ask." I mean, I I would be very appreciative of that, you know, getting that kind of in the moment to make sure that it's, you know, that it's, it's top of mind. I, the other thing that I, I will be honest, I've, I've done once, and I think I had some success with it. It'd be interesting to see other organizations, but I just, I don't think we put a lot of emphasis on, you know, the expectations of people managers, what that even means, you know, when you're signing up to do that job. But then actually rewarding and recognizing those people for doing awesome work. I mean, I don't know why you can't have someone who's like, you know, the rock star feedback giver, right? I mean, and right. you know, whatever that is, I, I don't think we recognize those behaviors very much in organizations. We we just say, oh, that's between the manager and the employee, and we'll train mm-hmm. managers on what to do, and then we'll leave it alone. 
Well, if we also train and communicate it with employees to ask for feedback, right? I mean, because yes. it is a conversation. It's a two-way street. I think the other thing is, you know, there can be urban legends that happen that, you know, someone, you know, gave feedback to their boss and they were fired the next day. Yes. <laughs> yep. Really yeah, that's like that real. Happen. That is real. It is real. I think if we take the time to either address that openly, mm -hmm. which, you know, I do think transparency is, is one thing that feeds trust for sure um, yes. and can create that safe environment. I just think it has to be part of the fabric of the company and the way, you know, I think communicating that, recognizing people for doing it really well, that starts to communicate, hey, maybe this actually matters. Uh, but sometimes we can take that too far too and say, hey, you know, we penalize people for not doing something. I'd rather take the positive reinforcement side of things and, and really recognize those who, who make a concerted effort and share stories about how they did it and, mm -hmm. you know, and the like. It doesn't always have to come from, you know, formal HR training programs either. Right. But I, I think to really get it to stick it's got to be integrated into a lot of different things. I mean, I we don't do project debriefs well either, right? I mean, I just even short yes. after action reviews at major milestones or with client accounts every six months. I mean, whatever it is you all do, I mean, it just needs to be woven into and maybe named as feedback. I'm a little sensitive to that because again, I know that conjures such a negative thought about feedback, but I think we just need to say that feedback is many, many things. It can be part of a project, a client review, uh, certainly performance, but also an ongoing, you know, check-ins with, with managers, which I certainly would encourage that behavior and that adoption of that behavior, especially with us being distributed the way that we are. Yeah. Weaving into the fabric and just making it culturally what we do across various touch points too, right yeah because then I think managers aren't feeling like they're either swimming upstream or doing something unique or trying to pull people in it, it is encouraging it to be a two-sided conversation and yes. not putting the onus just on them yes. where we're all used to giving and we're all used to receiving feedback. That's just the way it is. Right. Well, thank you. You've given us so much today, Casey. This is this has been a wonderful conversation. If someone would like to reach out to you and thank you for this for this insight you've given us, how might they do that? Yeah, I think, you know, I am, I'm always on LinkedIn quite a lot. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also look at my website, which is simply my name, caseywalters.com. But certainly I am, I am always on LinkedIn and, and my profile is there. If you ever want to DM me on that platform, that's great too. I love that. And for you all that are listening, that's K-A-C-I-E-W-A-L-T-E-R-S.com. And then you also have a Substack, is that right? A newsletter? I do. I, I do write a weekly blog. I post that on LinkedIn and Facebook every week as well. But I am at Substack, which is my name, caseywalters.substack.com. All of that can be actually accessed through my website, caseywalters.com. Lovely. And you all do go go sign up for that because she does give you weekly goodness on not only feedback, but career, stress, all the things we talk about, 
it's practical, it's insightful, it'll come directly to your inbox. So definitely look out for that. And then until next time, I'm going to challenge you all to ask for feedback. So if you're a manager, ask your team, ask when you work with, ask your boss, ask your manager for feedback, and then also be brave enough to give someone feedback as well. Um, We like to say it's a gift and it really is. And until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And until next time, talk to you soon. 